Hello, friends. This is Taver Lee, and you are listening to Grit and Grace. We are here for soul-level conversations that will take us across the veil in mystical and magical ways. I invite you to leave what you know at the door, open your heart, and receive. If you want to find out more information, make sure you go to moontempleschool.com. And now let's get started. Hello, hello, friends. Here we are again with an opportunity for us to explore where and how we are living our best life and how we are connecting all of the tools and desires that we have in our spiritual growth and transformation. And what does that look like? How does that apply to our real human life? Because it's one thing for us to have these discussions or listen to podcasts or read books and not necessarily have a way to apply it in real time to who we are and what we truly desire, like what truly fills us up. I'm talking about a soul level fill up. It's a really special time for us to be alive on the planet. You know, we we chose this. We chose this time, our soul, our spirit chose this time to be in human bodies. And we're experiencing so much growth and change after a couple of years where we've experienced a lot of polarity and division. And that division still exists in many ways. And this podcast is definitely not about that. But being aware that many of us are choosing to find ways to bridge the gap in division in our life division between what we desire and how we actually live, where there's division between, or I'll say lack of harmony between our careers and jobs and our calling, or even just where there is still division within ourselves of our truest nature of who we desire to be. And are we actually living that? And there's so many parts of us that we keep hidden in these little boxes and don't fully let out because that box has been put on us by society, by a capitalist society specifically. And we're going to talk today about how to actually shift that, how to live an intentional life. And that seems like a, a, a lofty idea, or it seems like maybe you feel like you are already living an intentional life, meaning you got the job you applied for, you have the family that you always wanted, you have a a perfect house or you don't have a perfect house or you don't have a relationship or a family or whatever it may be that you are intentionally working towards those areas that you desire to have more of. And a lot of people in the spiritual community come back to rituals and spells to create something different, to create change. Most people use rituals and spells to create change, something different than they currently have. Whereas for me, I teach rituals as a way of developing a daily practice to connect to the elements, to connect with your own spiritual center, and to always be in a place of creation Because we are, we are actually always in a place of creation. What we're living today is what we created previous. What we're living tomorrow is what we're creating today. And we're often creating just from our words alone, creating 
by saying the I am and anything after it. Whatever you say about yourself or your life every day is what you're creating more of. So we're going to talk around this idea of an intentional life. And I might skip around into different places because there's so much to this and I'm trying to condense it down into bite-sized chunks for you to implement because it is important to me for many of you that listen to the show that I give you real practical tips and tools that you can apply right away that don't just feel like these high cosmic level teachings. And we do that. Trust me. I love going down good rabbit holes of cosmic knowledge and spiritual you know, ideas and topics. But today I want to give you some really practical ways of looking at how you are intentionally living your life or not, and how to implement changes to be a little bit more intentional. I'm going to give you five areas to focus on today. And this is a really great episode to have a journal and pen handy. So feel free if you're driving, just listen to it all the way through and then listen to it again with a journal and take some notes on how how this lands for you in in areas that you might not have focused on before or new areas for you to focus on or make change. So the five areas we're going to look at is your energy and spiritual sense, the areas of your life that apply to your body, the areas that apply to your mind, your space, and your relationships. So these five areas, we are going to ask two questions. Where is their joy or harmony? And where is their discomfort? And I'll give you a few tips in each area to actually apply small changes that have a significant impact. It's like if you were to, you know, make two steps in one direction the consequences or the karma, which is just cause and effect, or the benefit, the action, multiplies by a thousand down the road. So small steps in whatever area calls to you the most. And you may wish to come back to this episode time and again. Maybe you choose one of these five areas to focus on, especially as the great wheel of time continues to turn. Because our time is limited. We are all we are all on death's door. <laughs> that doesn't sit well for some people, but it's the truth. We may or may not wake up tomorrow and have another breath in every single day that we wake up and get to breathe in fresh oxygen into our lungs is an opportunity to live with more joy and more harmony and to navigate this life experience with more ease and grace, no matter what it is that we're facing. And that's not to say that we're always living in ease and grace. There are lots of times where we are living with ease and grace in the fucking darkness, in the swamp, in the difficult, deep, heavy times. There's still a way to have grace for ourselves, regardless of what we're going through in the moment. So intentional living, creating an intentional life. The first question I'm going to ask you is, What do you do when you are feeling discomfort overall and don't necessarily know why? If everything is going smooth and you're just feeling this deep level dissatisfaction with your path and you strive for more and you don't know where to begin, what do you do? 
Well, I'll tell you what 90% of Americans do. You go to social media and you scroll mindlessly, and I'm not going to go down the rabbit hole of living a notification-free life because I talk about that a lot here. (laughs) I'm not going to talk about that now. But we go to social media, and what happens when we go to social media is often we feel worse because we see a reflection of other people's lives that we wish we were living or we are sold a solution to what might make us feel better. And this is so, so prevalent right now as we are leading into the holidays. And all of this applies year round, but specifically when you are leading into the holidays, there are platforms out there that every single social media platform has major companies and major ad dollars invested into them to get in front of your eyes to tell you how you can feel better, how this time can be more magical if you buy more stuff. That dopamine hit of opening Amazon and adding to your cart the things that just in this moment give you a little bit of a rush and it takes away that feeling of discomfort as does scrolling through social media, but it, but it actually doesn't. It's just a distraction. And most of us are not intentional in what we look at on social media. I suggest you go through, like next time you scroll, <clears throat> next time you scroll, look at how many times you see something that isn't aligned with what you believe. And then ask yourself, why am I seeing that? I get control of my feed in most platforms. I can choose who I follow, who I friend. I can change the algorithm if I'm listening or if I'm watching on TikTok. I can change the algorithm to what next YouTube video automatically pops up based upon what I've watched. You get to choose. So discomfort. The question is, like, what do you do when you feel discomfort? Do you buy more? Do you scroll more? These are these are important questions because that is that actually is the typical standard answer. I'm going to ask you, what if you put those two things aside and pause before you purchase something, pause before you scroll and take a couple of really deep breaths and ask yourself, what would make me feel better in this moment? More good food, more water, a walk, a book that I've been wanting to read, a podcast on a topic that I love that I could listen to, maybe a nap, maybe a deep ritual to connect deeper to the plant allies you're working with. I'm assuming those of you that are listening to the show know that we work with a lot of plant allies in mystery school. Would it be maybe doing a a quick little reading, a, a card spread with my oracle or tarot deck? Maybe it's just sitting and watching the flame of a candle flicker, seeing what that movement feels like. How can I move with the flicker of a candle? Or maybe just sitting by yourself and letting your mind wander and your imagination have the ability to wow you with what could feel better in this moment. So that's, that's my first question for you is to consider and identify what do you do when you feel discomfort? And I, I'm not talking about going through a traumatic 
incident or a breakdown in a relationship or a job change. I just mean like the general malaise that comes upon a lot of people of unfulfillment. I hear this a lot. I hear this a lot on social media and responses to this podcast. I also hear a lot that I desire more stability in a certain area of my life, mostly money or secondarily relationships. So if you feel discomfort in these areas, then I'm going to suggest that learning how to live an intentional life will automatically smooth all of the edges that you're experiencing. Not to say you shouldn't go out and seek knowledge in those areas. Seek knowledge. Educate yourself. Look at the things that you don't want to look at. For sure, do those things. And that's a different episode, but today it's an intentional life. So if you want to bring more intentions to how you're living, so as opposed to just putting your intentions out to the universe, which we do in rituals and spells, or just petitioning the universe, or utilizing your spells or rituals to actually just create one circumstantial change. Instead, let's go bigger. Let's go bigger. Let's actually create an intentional way of living. So then all of your intentions are built into all the things you do, which carry out in every aspect of your life, job, family, relationships, home, all the things, body, health, all the things that you desire actually are built in as part of your everyday system. It's like taking your operating system (laughs) and hitting a reset button and picking and choosing which pieces of it you want back in your operating system. So let's start with, to live an intentional life, let's start with number one. What are your rituals and processes and habits around care for your energy and your spirit? What are your rituals? You know, I talk a lot about rising rituals. If you don't have them, develop a rising ritual that you do every single morning that allows you to clear your energy field, could include mantras of where it is that you're going and what you desire and how you can confirm your I am with intentional statements about what you might be coming or who you are or the best parts of you. Create an I am statement. And for many of you, you've been through the high priest and high priestess program. Our entire journey is about looking at our I am statement. And the initiation part of that path is to anchor that I am statement into your body. If you haven't checked it out, 2023 is open for enrollment, moontempleschool.com. Go look up the high priest and high priestess program. Rising rituals, any rituals, actually, intentional living means putting rituals in place throughout your day, not just in your morning, although I think the morning is the most powerful because you have reset overnight and it starts your day with the ability to control and maintain your own energy field and your spiritual field. Oftentimes I'll wake up in the morning and if I'm feeling a little bit tired that day, I might just sit with myself and ask, well, how can I move a little slower today? How can I move a little slower today? I'm still going to get through all of my meetings and my schedule But how can I actually move a little slower today if I feel tired and listen to my body? Or if I'm feeling worry or concern about something in my life that's weighing heavy on me, 
how can I write out the best possible outcome of that situation and then release it? To have faith and trust that everything will work out. How can I release it? How can I bring my energy into what I just wrote on the best possible outcome? How can I hold that energy just that day, one day? And so with your energy field and your, I'll I'll call it your spirit, although I'm not necessarily talking about the development of your spiritual gifts, I'm just talking about your spirit and your energy. Ask yourself, where is there joy in my energy field? Can I feel it? Can others feel it? Am I aligned in my center? And where is there discomfort? How can I create more intentional aspects to my life to make sure that there's more joy and less discomfort. So that would be task number one. What are your rituals to care for your energy and your spirit? And how can you build them into your life? That's part of an intentional life is making the time and the space and committing to How do I remind myself when I feel off-center in my energy? That could be calendar entries. And if you work with me one-on-one, you know I give you a lot of this feedback. Put reminders in your calendar because we're human. So we're going to get busy. The day is going to go on and we're going to be doing this and we're going to be doing that. And our to-do list is going to be so long that we're going to forget because we're humans and we're meant to fuck it up. So put reminders in your calendar. Put notes around that are private to you that you can look at. Give yourself the ability to live an intentional life by setting yourself up for success. All right, number two. Where do you feed your body and what? Is there joy in your body or is there discomfort? And then ask yourself, what do you feed your body? We are notorious at forgetting the power of food as fuel. I know I talk about this a lot here, and trust me, I am a burger and french fries girl all day long, and I literally just ate an entire apple pie in the last four days. So I have harmony and balance in my diet. But I also ensure that in every 24-hour period of time, I am consuming foods that will support my body's Life that my body's my my flesh and blood's desire to live a long, healthy life and feel good in my body. In this Western world that we live in, it's less common for us to focus on how important food is for our spiritual health, how important food is for our alignment to center. And I know lots of people that are vegetarian. I know lots of people that live without gluten and everyone's, that fuel can be very, very different for you. I am a meat eater, although I love, I love it when my vegetarian friends come for dinner or we eat together because it gives me the opportunity to explore even more options that have a good quantity of protein outside of just meat. So I do love to try new things, but I am intentional on what I put inside my body. I am intentional on the days that I eat a quarter of a pie (laughs) 
<laughs> this literally just happened. I laughed at myself when I saw that there was no pie left. I'm like, wow, who came into my house and ate all that pie? Oh, wait, that was me. I ate an entire pie in four days. Funny. And it brought me so much joy in my body, so much joy in my belly. But I look at, I also look at how many vegetables am I eating in that day? How many light filled foods that grew on this earth that grew, even if it was in a greenhouse, that grew because of nature's miracle to bring light into the world? What were the colors of the vegetables I ate? Did I eat any that were fresh or were they all cooked? Did I take all the vitamins out of it? Because I like my vegetables cooked, but I understand that there are so many nutrients in these light-filled foods. When I eat a food that's filled with light, it brings my body so much joy. Even if I don't feel the impact of that fuel in the moment, I feel, I feel the energy and the vibration of what I'm eating, which is why I know a lot of individuals don't eat meat. Because they look at the cycle of the animals <laughs> that died for us to create that meat. And I look at it as the cycle of life. So that doesn't bother me, but it may bother you the more you dive into it. And then look at the grains and the processed food that you ate. And ask yourself, how many people touched the food that I just consumed? How many other people's energy was put into the food that I consumed if it was already prepared? Interesting questions, right? Interesting questions. What do you feed your body? And does it give your body fuel, joy, and harmony? Or does it bring discomfort? And this also accounts for water. Water. No, it does not count when your water is in uh, a mixed beverage or something caffeinated, although, you know, Good, healthy, natural tea um, doesn't replace water, but they are also fuels for your body. That's a whole nother episode I could talk about working with plants as our allies. I drink tea every single day. A handmade tea with herbs and plants that are meant to nourish and heal my body, even if it's one particular day on health support, the other, usually they're a week recipe that I work with a recipe for a week. Plants are medicine, but water, how much water do you consume? Your body is 70% water. Our planet is 70% water. We all know this. We learn it in school. You hear it in every nutritional or health planning. Anywhere you go, they will tell you, you must drink more water. We all must drink more water. I, I drink a lot of water and sometimes I think, man, I did not drink enough water today. And we can feel it in our skin. We can feel it in our body. We can feel it in our groundedness. We can feel it in our aches and our back or the aches and our joints. Water. All right. That's only number two. <laughs> what do you feed your body? This is about living an intentional life. Where is their joy and where is their discomfort? And what solutions or what change are you willing to commit to, to live more intentionally with your body and what you consume? And I'm focusing only on what you feed your body, not movement of your body, not pleasure in your body. All of those things matter. But today you could see that we have a lot to cover. So I will continue on. I'll do maybe do another episode on an intentional life with your body specifically. And number three, what do you feed your mind Mm. For many of you, you're like, oh, <laughs> I don't have any time to read all those books that are stacked up on my shelf. 
I prefer, you know, you might, you might say to yourself, I prefer to be mindless half the day. And whenever I have a break, I prefer to mindlessly scroll because this really is the most common areas that we are not feeding our mind, that we're creating discomfort. And I, I know I mentioned this earlier, but you are feeding your mind when you're scrolling social media. You are feeding your mind when you're watching TV at the end of the night and you put on a, a horror film or you put on something that isn't light-filled, funny, happy. And not to say that that's all that we ever watch, but everything that you are putting in front of your eyes and into your body is feeding your mind. You're feeding your mind with energy. You're feeding your mind with information. And trust me, there are many nights where I need to just tune out and totally relax. And I want to watch a movie. I want to like leave all efforts aside to do anything other than just be and enjoy something on um, some type of movie. But choose wisely. Choose wisely what you're feeding your mind with. Choose a movie that is uplifting or that teaches you something or that has a lesson. You know, of course, we all love the hero's journey on television and movies. Find something that inspires you when it comes time to watch TV. And then also an intentional life means being intentional on what you are consuming Know that every time you turn on the news and you watch an entire episode of news, that you are being told a vision. That's why it's called television. They're telling you a vision. So you are receiving in your body somebody else's vision of reality. And is that bringing you more joy or is that bringing you discomfort? When you are watching the news or a regular program schedule that is a talk show and they are instilling fear or division, or exploring something that is not aligned with you? Is there joy or discomfort at the end of that? The other night I was watching um, a new series on Netflix. I forget the name of it. But it seemed to be this really interesting situation where a ship got lost. I can't remember the name of it. Where a ship got lost at sea, and the description is like, oh, all the passengers go through these mind-bending experiences. And I'm like, oh, interesting, cool. And I got a few few episodes in and I realized, oh, they're creating this. I, I stopped because they're creating a sense of fear when you are living in different realities. <laughs> and of course, for me, I live in different realms. I travel to different realms specifically, and that's not my experience. So I stopped watching it. But I thought, huh, that, that was a good idea. I like the idea. I don't need to live in the energy of fear. That does not bring me more joy. That brings me discomfort. So an intentional life is not about how you care for your energy and your spirit and how you feed your body. It's also how you feed your mind. Do you have something going at least once a week that is moving the needle towards something you desire to learn? For the last at least five years, every one of my New Year's planning, like when I cast my wheel, I'll say, or when I'm setting up business goals and visions, I do all of that kind of collectively there's always one new thing I embark on to learn or to master. I like mastery per year. 2020, I wanted to learn how to sing. My voice desired to be heard. My voice desired to express itself in singing. And I have, I, I, I have, I have had this long-standing belief that I am not a good singer. Uh, it was instilled in me by 
you know, my family who says that I'm really good at all these things. So the creative and the expressive expressive part of me, you know, skipped me because I'm I'm good in other ways. And I had to explore that belief and I did. I signed up for a class with the brothers Corin and I did an entire course on learning to find my singing voice and it was phenomenal. It was phenomenal. Many years ago, I also spent an entire year learning and understanding cryptocurrency because I felt like I didn't get it. I didn't know what it was all about. And I knew that one video or one class was not going to give me the answer. So I spent a year studying it. And I actually didn't finish the year because I felt like nine months in, I knew more than I had wanted to know. And I learned a ton. So ask yourself, what is there something that I can learn in the next year that I can incrementally, incrementally add into my practice? So I'm feeding my mind with new knowledge, new growth. And I, of course, consider myself forever a student. So there are lots of things that I want to learn. I'd like to go deep and not wide, not learning 15 new things at once where they basically barely penetrate the surface. But I like to go into deep, 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 deep in certain areas. Maybe it doesn't take a year. Maybe it takes a month. If you're looking for a new way to feed your mind, consider the sacred wheel class that we have coming in mystery school, or maybe it's out by the time you listen to the show. This is the healer's journey. There'll be 12 modules in the course of a year. So one module per month that you will create your own medicine wheel from for yourself, for others. You'll learn all the different modalities and this is a great opportunity for you to, regardless of your path, but if you're listening to the show, then I know that you desire to learn more. Whether you identify as a witch, whether you identify as a healer, it doesn't matter. This will give you tools and ways to chart how different spiritual tools and modalities fit within your life. That's the Sacred Real class, and you can find the link in the show notes. So go check that out. So moving on to number four. Does your space reflect your intentional life? And this is, this is a big, big topic. Because oftentimes intentional living requires us to truly evaluate our attachment to stuff and how much of it that we've accumulated and does it have purpose in our life. And this has never been more present than it is for me after spending the year traveling. I spent three months in Hawaii, as many of you know, I spent several months in North Carolina. I returned to Colorado, bought a house in North Carolina, and then moved across the country. And in all of these steps of this year, I came face to face over and over again with how much stuff we have that we don't need. And it's like an anchor to our spirit and to our body into this freedom that we desire. And we have likely filled up our desires for more peace and joy by buying more stuff because this is literally how a capitalist society works. Every company out there, every platform out there, they continue to need to make more and more money. So they're going to continue to tell you in the ways in which you should spend money to bring more peace and fulfillment and happiness into your life. Whether it's the pretty pictures of your neighbors or the cool brand and trust me, I, I like some, some nice fancy, well, for me, comfortable, fancy and comfortable shoes and clothes. I like them too. Although we forget to ask ourselves, do we actually need that? Or do we have some of that already? And we've just forgotten about it. So your space, and I don't just mean your altars. You can go listen to the episode on creating altars. I just mean your space as a whole, your home. 
How much stuff do you have that you do not need or want? This is living an intentional life. I highly recommend you go watch the documentary called Minimalist or Minimalism. I mean, I I would say MySpace is probably maximalism (laughs) because I desire and enjoy all of my tools, my ritual tools, the things of beauty to surround me that I can touch and feel and see and that have purpose in my life. And I'll tell you, after living three months in Hawaii in this beautiful cottage in the middle of the jungle where I had two suitcases to get through three months, that most of my magical tools didn't come with me, that most of all the things that I would normally use in terms of clothes and beauty products couldn't come with me. Turns out I didn't need any of them. Whew, that was a lesson. I came back from Hawaii and immediately started purging. Anything that I didn't need or want in that three months, it was time for it to go. If you would like to start the process of creating a more intentional space, I'm going to give you a really simple process that you can do. Every day for 30 days, give one thing away, whether sell it, donate it, whatever that might be, garbage it. Start in your closets and in your drawers. You will be amazed at the end of that 30 days, you will not be giving one thing away. Every day it will be a stack. I suggest you grab a couple of boxes. It's really simple. And if you big garbage bags, set them into one room, set a calendar item, morning or night, that you're going to go through that specific area one at a time, and you're going to find one thing to give away or throw away or to sell. Leave those boxes and those garbage bags handy every day, go through it. And then in a couple of days, when you have some spare time, give two things away, maybe three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine, ten. 10. Ask yourself, does this have purpose? Does this make me like truly happy to see it or to know that this is sitting in a drawer or a closet? The answer is no. Bye-bye. Many years ago, I inherited all of my, my grandmother's home, basically, along with my dad when we moved her into a nursing home before she passed away. And I held on to everything of hers because I felt so guilty at the idea of giving someone who I loved dearly stuff away, even though most of it I knew that I didn't need, I had it already, or it just didn't fit in my life. And I kept it. I kept a basement full of stuff for years. And then the same thing happened with a great aunt. And I just kept accumulating more and more of other people's stuff. And they were special things, don't get me wrong, they were special. Furniture, items, photos, mementos. And when I moved across the country, I realized that even though I had slimmed that down a lot, I've already already gone through it many times and given away the furniture I know I'm not going to use giving away the special items. I choose to give most of the stuff away that I'm not using because I feel like there is something so special about giving something that had meaning to you or someone in your family to someone else that will have meaning to them. So I gave a lot of things away knowing that they would be put to good use and that felt good. But when I moved across the country, I I released the majority of what was left that I didn't need. This process of creating an intentional space became even more multifaceted for me when I moved into a house where everything from the previous owners was left behind. 
So now I feel like I'm starting that whole process again of respecting and honoring space and respecting and honoring other people's stuff. And then really coming down to, does this support my intentional life of being surrounded by beauty and things that bring me purpose? And if you have children, this can be way harder because they're constantly bringing more things in. Every birthday party, every loot bag, every holiday, it's like more stuff just comes in. When my children were little, we had a process before Christmas and before birthdays where they had to fill a box with toys to give to someone else who didn't have those types of special toys that they did. It was twofold. It was number one, for my children to practice releasing attachment to things. And number two, to just literally make space before a new influx of stuff came in. And if you find that you are coming across a whole lot of stuff that you don't need that you bought, ask yourself, back to that first question of, are you purchasing things because it brings you joy versus something you need? And how can you replace that purchasing with something more intentional? Watch, watch the, the show. The, I, think it's, I think it's called Minimalism. I'm not sure. And that is not about how you decorate your home. That is not about how, like what stuff that you use. It's not, it's not just about that. It's being very, very intentional in what you choose to have in terms of stuff and what you buy. And I find myself every couple of months, especially if I'm starting a new project, of, oh, I, I wonder what books I can look up in that. Oh, I, I loved that new crystal I saw on that show I, or that someone was talking about. I need that new crystal or Maybe there's a new deck that, you know, a new Oracle or Tarot deck that came out. I'm like, oh, that would be so amazing. I'm going to go buy that right now. And sometimes I do. But the majority of the time, if I just sit with it for a few days, I'm like, huh, huh, I have 50 decks. <laughs> Probably more. I, that's, that's a guess. I have 50 decks. I have a full apothecary full of every plant, medicine, and herb, and ally that I could desire. Sometimes I need to replenish my candles, but I have so much. I'm so blessed. And bringing appreciation for the things that you have happens when you have less. You start realizing that all of the extra stuff in your space just takes up, just takes up space. So I invite you to do this process, 30 days of giving away what does not serve purpose or does not bring you utter joy and happiness. And if you're ever in a period of time where you're facing a lot of challenges, this may sound strange, but clean, like clean up space, organize. One of the most powerful lessons I learned when I was writing a book is if you're feeling stuck or frustrated or emotional about what you're writing, because I was writing a witch's memoir, so it was deep is to get up and organize your space, clean, like clean, get rid of clutter. This is a very, very, very powerful cleansing. In fact, I do that every full moon. I clean, remove clutter, reevaluate what's in my space, and then I do a smoke cleanse. But I clean first and organize. So I invite you to bring that into your practice. And I know this is a little bit of a longer episode, but these are important topics. And then number five, Do your relationships support your intentional life that you are creating? And I break these down into these five areas because if I say how to live an intentional life, you might be like, I don't even know what I desire. I don't know what my intentions are. I just know I want to feel better or I know I want more magic in my life or I want deeper spiritual gifts or I want to deepen my spiritual gifts or I want more love or maybe I want more sex. I want more money. I want more more of these things. Well, this is the place to start. 
Because these five areas actually help you create an intentional life of abundance, not just for yourself, but for all, right? And and when we work these five steps and we focus primarily on ourselves, we're actually missing the universal supercharge that comes from the cosmos. The supercharge from the cosmos comes when you are working not just for yourself, but for all, or even just for your community and your family when you are creating an intentional life to benefit everyone, not just yourself. That brings a universal cosmic supercharge behind this. So start with yourself, go through that, and then ask, how can I also infuse this intentional life into my communities, into my family, and support you know, a better way of life for everyone? So do your relationships support your intentions? And I, I'm going to ask you to like dive deep, and it changes hard. I understand change is hard, and relationships are constantly changing. Some come in for a long time, some a short period of time. And if there's angst in a relationship, can you allow some space and time to reflect upon that relationship? And then can you allow yourself to open your throat chakra to its entirety and have a real one-on-one conversation of truth of where there is discomfort And also understand that if you're listening to this podcast and you're doing spiritual work and growth, that when you elevate, often there is a separation between those and how they knew you and who you are today. Because when we grow and change, which is always, we are always changing, we may not relate to other humans in the same way that we did. And can that be okay? We don't have to burn the bridge. We can acknowledge that that relationship filled its purpose and may no longer be aligned. We can love people from afar. And we can also light a match and burn the entire fucking thing down if it's toxic and isn't bringing us happiness and we're in a position that it's actually harming us. That's an and, not an or. Do your relationships support your intentional life? It's always amazing to me how especially as people are going through spiritual awakenings or witch awakenings or stepping more deeply into their power, how a lot of their relationships come into a microscope. They begin to see where it's not a give and take, where either you're giving too much or maybe you're taking too much and you're not giving enough and you want to put effort in. Maybe you, maybe you realize that you're different people. Or maybe you realize that there is a new tribe that you desire to be fully seen for who you are in this new version of you, not the old version of you. Maybe your inner circle sees you as that old version of you from 10 years ago that lived a certain way, but you're not that anymore. That's okay. I'll tell you, Moon Temple Mystery School, we have amazing communities in all of the classes and paths where you can meet individuals from all over the world that live with the same principles of transformation and growth, even if it's totally different, you can join our community and be seen and be loved for who you are. We have a Facebook group, or I have a Facebook group called Witch Power. You're welcome to join. It is a very supportive digital coven. An intentional life. Wow. This is a big topic. And these five areas of, you know, how do you care for your energy and your spirit? What do you feed your body? What do you feed your mind? Does your home, does your physical space reflect your life's intentions? And do your relationships support your intentional living? I hope this has been helpful. 
Check all of the happenings out at moontempleschool.com. Of course, you can find me on all the social media platforms by just searching for my first name or looking at Moon Temple School. There's many ways to reach me and find additional resources that will support you in this intentional life. And I will be back soon. Thank you for joining us today. On any of your favorite listening apps, we would really appreciate a rating and review. And if you're looking for more information, make sure that you go to moontempleschool.com and you can find us there. 